And introducing the Royalty Podcast. I'm Ty here with Austin and James. It's been a fun first round, hasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. lots to lot to talk about, boys. So first, we're gonna I'm gonna reference all those audio that we we talked about. First, we had the DJ Augustine Kawhi missing with the womp womp womp, and then Derek Derek White catching bodies. But <laughs> before we get started, I'm not new. Derek White would slip in there. Dude, how is he not going to slip in there? <laughs> uh, I mean, hey, it was the best dunk of the first round so far. It's what? been one game, so let's not let's not put on. Our- <laughs> I, we said so far. I, I'm not saying it was it's the best. It's been one game, Ty. All right, I don't know that Giannis free throw line dunk was pretty decent. Oh yeah, that's fair. I forgot about that. Although Derek White caught a body still. So. Yeah, I'd give it to Derek White, honestly. Yeah, but Giannis took one step. Or one dribble and then dunk from the free throw line all the way to the court. That was pretty crazy. But did he catch a body, though? That's, That's fair. We'll get to that. Don't worry. <laughs> all right. Well, Royalty, the Royalty Podcast is part of the Rise Up Podcast community. Rise Up is a podcast dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts all around. Go check them out and all the beautiful podcasts part of the community at bit.ly slash community, Or check them out on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Rise Up Podcast Community. So... All right, so where should we get started? First game of, of the first round? Yeah, I think so. That would be great. All right, so the first game of the first round was a the Nets stealing a home game, stealing a game from the Sixers, one eleven to one oh two. How this game was, I think this was a big surprise to everyone, but also wasn't at the same time. We already knew that Joel Embiid was coming in with a bad knee, and I said if Joel wasn't playing, that the Nets was would win it. But Joel did play, but he was not 100% at all. Yeah, he wasn't 100%, but he still statistically had a pretty good game. I mean, 22 points and 15 boards in 24 minutes. It's it's tough, you know, to beat that. One, I think, you know, the Nets just play such a gritty and always in-your-face style. It's a team like the Sixers who kind of waver on emotions a lot. And do we really know how together they really are? I mean, if a team is going to upset the Sixers, I think the Nets have a pretty darn good shot of doing it. And the one thing that I've had a problem with when it comes to this Sixers team, they seem like they want to do so much, yet they already have a de- they good they have a good squad around them. They already had Joel Embiid, they had Ben Simmons, they had a they already had a Dario Sarge and Robert Covington. But then all throughout the offseason, we saw that they were going for LeBron, they were going for Kawhi, they were trying to do. So much they keep trying to do all this stuff, yet I think it's just a bit too much. And now that they have Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, and along next to Ben Simmons, which though all three of those guys are ball dominant guys, I feel like that the chemistry was not going to mesh right, especially them since they were coming together in mid season too. Yeah, it it it's definitely interesting, and I mean, obviously in the playoff game, Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons did not show up. You know, if they're going to win games, they need their whole team to be kind of working together. And it just felt like it wasn't really there. And I've on paper, all the talent looks great. I mean, they have five, well, four all-star caliber players and J.J. Redick, who's 
been a solid role player for how many years? How many years in this league now? Um, but again, there is only one ball, and egos do play a factor into it. With Ben Simmons not being able to shoot anything outside of like an eight foot LeBron, he not being fully healthy, Jimmy Butler wanting seemingly to punt everybody on his team in the face after they make a mistake. Just, I don't know. It's I. I don't expect the Sixers to uh, last much longer, to say the least. Especially when they're shooting three for 25 from three-point range. Yeah, I was going to say, and they just shot horribly from three. And then also from free throws. They they shot 69% from free throws. That's They not shot at like 42 free throws, see. though. Yeah, it's true. That's, that's laughably bad. Wait, I, no, wait, hold on. I thought that's how many free throws James Harden gets is alone. <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> That one game in Embiid had like 23 free throws. Or no, 21, and he hit 20 of them not too long ago. He he got to the line four different times like within the first four minutes. Yeah, he's he's a pretty uh, dominant player. But I saw someone pulled up a stat. I think I was watching some <clears throat> excuse me ESPN show before the Sixers game, and um, I think it was Spencer Dinwiddie and D'Angelo Russell have combined for – I think 46 points in like per game every time they've played. So they've really given the Sixers uh, a handful with their uh, two two guards leading the charge there. Yeah, and I think that this game is kind of helping show everyone that the Nets are no joke. Like they are not in the playoffs by fluke. Like Detroit is. Like they they definitely. I think that they could take the series. And I'm embarrassed to say that because I liked the 76ers kind of mid-season around the All-Star break to come out of the East. Now it's not really looking like, like that's going to happen. Yeah, it looked like it was going to be like four four teams that had a chance with the 76ers, the Raptors, Celtics, and and the Bucks. Now it seems like that the 76ers are, Sixers are falling out of that. Yeah, I mean, this is just one game. It could be an overreaction to say that, but I'm starting to agree. Uh, I mean, the it just seems like the Nets are just a really good matchup for them. Uh, just in terms of interior defense and making them shoot bad shots from three, basically. Yeah, they have. Yeah, go ahead. You have the rim protection of uh, Jared Allen, who's been one of the better shot blockers in the league uh, this coming year, and he, I think, he helps guard Joel Embiid. Even though I don't think anyone really can, I think he can help contain or slow down Joel, or at least make him work more for his buckets, and that'll. You know, tire him out more because we all know Joel's conditioning hasn't been the greatest, even as long as he's been in the league. So I think that'll uh, really wear him down as this series uh, goes even longer. Yeah, overall, it was a poor game for the 76ers, and it, I think a lot of people have a lot of doubts now. I would, I'm going to take the Nets in this series overall, just because they seem much more together than than what the 76ers look like. And they just seem more alive, if that makes sense. It does. Like, they they seem to want it a lot more. And I feel super bad for Jimmy Butler because this is almost like a repeat of what happened in the Timberwolves all over again in terms of not wanting it enough. And Jimmy Butler clearly, you know, working his ass off, 36 points. He, he's balling out for him. And then Tobias Harris, who led in minutes, had four points, seven rebounds, and six assists. Like, Clearly something like something was just missing. Like they were missing kind of a spark to me. They just didn't seem they seemed dead out there, apart from Jimmy. 
and I think that's that's kind of where not having a bench really comes into play. Like you see a team like the Clippers, they can throw Lou Will into a game and he can spark your team and just really add 12 points at the snap of a finger. And, you know, that's having a good bench, that's really valuable. And I know rotations shorten as the playoffs, you know, run a little bit longer, but you still need three or four good bench guys to make a serious championship run. And the Sixers just don't have that. Yeah, and the Nets have a great bench with Karis LeVert and Dinwiddie coming off the bench. I mean, you can't really ask for more than that. And Jared Dudley, who uh, one of my favorite quotes was <laughs> one of the announcers during the Sixers game said, like, Jared Dudley knows that he's not as good as Joel Embiid in terms of importance to his team. So his goal is to go out there, get under his skin, and possibly get him ejected. <laughs> Right. Oh, that's we, just the veteran savvy of Jared Dudley. There's another. Yeah, exactly. There's another guy, another guy just like that that we'll be talking about later. Because oh, I had so much fun with that. I think the one that you guys well, who I'm talking about, right? Pat Bev. Pat Bev. We'll come back to that later because <laughs> I, I had a lot of fun with that one. All right. Yeah, the that next. Was great. The next game we'll go to is the Magic at the Raptors. This was another upset, and the Magic mm-hmm. took one, 104 to 101 in a thriller. This was a. Fine game to watch. No matter, even if you were a Kawhi hater like me, or if you were a Raptors fan, this was just a fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, DJ Augustine, take a bow, man. I mean, served Kyle Lowry as lunch. I mean, I I can't believe it. Like, I can't believe I'm saying DJ Augustine was the most important player and the best player in a playoff game. <laughs> for the Orlando Magic, like that just sounds like you typed in a bunch of words into Google and hit randomize, and that a sentence popped out. But right. I got to give the Magic a, a lot of credit. They're really good defensively, and their offense was a lot better than I think we all suspected. Because where where the shot creation is going to come from as the series goes on, I don't think any of us really know. But you know, I just hope this will continue to be a good series going forward. And talk about. Like we were talking about the Nets' uh, depth, this team has depth too. They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys in double-digit points. The points are coming all over the place on the floor for the Magic. And DJ Augustine took lead. You still got an all-star in Vucevic. Jonathan Isaac is a great two-way, two-way guy. This team just didn't really get... I don't think they got the notice that they were do showing all year. They didn't have a really good start at the beginning of the season. And then they started having a really good late push later in the season to get their to get their playoff their playoff spot, and a lot of people I know were going to say, "Oh, the Raptors are going to sweep them." Raptors in five, Raptors in four. This looks like this could be a close series. Yeah, I agree, and I do think that saying the Raptors have a possibility of losing this series is more of an overreaction. Yeah, that's than an overreaction. Saying the Sixers have a chance of losing this series. Uh, like this is game one and it was a super close game. Uh, it really, I think this series, I feel really bad for him, but I think this series is going to fall on Kyle Lowry (laughs) and what he can do. Like, I think if Kyle Lowry were to show up and have like one of his average games, the, of this, like the season, the Raptors would have won pretty easily. Oh yeah. But right now he's showing up with 33 minutes and zero points. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's insane, man. That's so crazy. Oh, God. It was, when, a, it was a very odd game. Yeah, it's... Well, I mean, he's their arguably second-best player. Has Siakam taken over that spot? I, you know, that's up he, for debate. Probably, yeah. right? 
I say he's Mar- probably their second best player. I say Marcus Gasol is their second best player just in skill, but based on how the way his role in the offense it in the team is, he's not the second best on the team. Right. Um. But yeah, you need you need at least something from Kyle Lowry there, and even without him scoring, they almost won the game. So I don't. This game will probably this series will probably go five, maybe six if Orlando could steal one at home. I don't want to discount the magic, but I just don't expect Kyle Lowry to score zero points going forward. But who knows? He but, did it once; he could do it again. Yeah, I still expect. I agree. I still, I still expect the Toronto Barneys to win this, but <laughs> but I believe, yeah, and- I, I believe the Orlando Disney Parks are going to get, put them a good fight. <laughs> um, I think that what's crazy to me is a lot of people first heard Vukovic's name when he was elected an All Star. If yeah, that makes sense. Like, people were kind of like, who? Like, what? I think that this Magic team shows a lot of potential, and I think if they could get one more piece in the offseason, I think they could make a pretty decent run. I don't see them winning this series. No. Um, but, uh, yeah, who knows? Like like James said, if Kyle Lowry scored zero points, he could definitely do it again. If he ends up scoring or having, like, another horrible game, I can like say that. Like in the NBA, if that makes sense. Like, you know how mm-hmm. people give like Russ a hard time and Paul George a hard time about underperforming in the playoffs? Does mm-hmm. he take that crown? If he does it more than once, I'd say so. If he says, does it consistently. But I've... it's not like he's young. Like, yeah, my no. friend didn't realize how old Kyle Lowry is. Yeah, he's drafted in like 2005, right? Um. Yeah, 2006. I mean, close <sighs> enough. He's he's 33. Yeah. But he's getting paid over 30 million dollars a year too to score zero points in a playoff game. Crazy. I think I think this shows that it wasn't just Demar's fault in Toronto. Whenever they had their playoff woes, that Kyle Lowry should have got some blame, and it wasn't all Demar's fault. Agreed. No, I agree completely. Well, and I think part of it was Kyle Lowry was banged up too the last couple of years, so he was in and out and he kind of got a pass or more of a pass than he should have because he he was kind of banged up and DeMar was looked at as the leading scorer and I think that's why he took the brunt of the blame. Yeah, but I would say right now the Raptors second best player is Siakam. I'd agree. Has I think to be. that especially with the way Kyle Lowry's been playing. All right. Marcus Salt maybe, but he's also kind of getting up there in age and He's definitely a key piece to them winning, I would say, because they need a, a good center to go up against Vukovic. So it'll be interesting. I think this is actually a pretty good a series to keep an eye on because, like I said, I see the Magic or the Raptors winning, but, you know, it's, it's really anybody's series right now. All right, and going to wrap up this segment with, the, with the, one of the last uh, Saturday night games, which was the Clippers at Golden State. Golden State took them to 121-104, but this game was kind of a it's kind of a dogfight in the first half. I think that's usually with the Warrior games. But this also showed that the Warriors still don't, their bench is going to hurt them whenever they do start facing really good teams. Yeah, I think we could see that more once we get to, you know, the Western Conference Finals or the... <laughs> no, it's held the, second, held the second round because they will either go against the Jazz or the Rockets' second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the matchup of them against the Rockets if we're looking for Golden State to lose, but I think that the Warriors will possibly sweep the Jazz if that's who they end up playing. Yeah, we 
as much as I hate the Rockets, you uh, you have to cheer for them because you want the better matchup. Yeah, exactly. And I want Golden State to not make the finals with all of my heart. I think I think that's kind of what we all want at this point. But it's I, I think true. every I think every NBA fan that's not a Golden State fan is voting for that. Yeah, hundred percent. However, Can we talk I, about Steph Curry's absurd performance. This is damn <laughs> I mean, contact. It's the damn What's contacts. That? Yeah, thirty-eight, but fifteen rebounds. Yeah, that's what. That's insane. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so, what do you guys? If the Clippers were to pull this out, who do you think they would need to rely on the most? Uh, it needs their main trio is Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, and Montreal Harris. Those three. Yeah. Those three had to show up and. Patrick Beverly was doing really well defensively because his he wasn't paired up against Steph for some reason. I don't understand why because he was paired up against, uh, believe it, Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant mm-hmm. was not having a really good first half either. No, he wasn't. And that was all because of Patrick Beverly. And damn, you, you have to love Patrick Beverly whenever he's playing. Get, as long as he's not playing against your team, you can you can have some fun watching him because he will get in. Right. He's kind of like... he will. Get, he's kind of like... KG where he's trash talking and shit like that and he'll get yeah. in people he will get in people's heads and the way that he got Kevin Durant heated up where Kevin Durant was barking back a bit and eventually they both got ejected yeah and I think that's obviously a win for the Clippers if they could have Pat Bev do that every game right <laughs> um, well, I don't think that's realistic but that would be pretty great mm-hmm. I think I thought the ejection was probably pretty premature but i think it was the refs just trying to set a tone for the series that they're not gonna let things go too far they're gonna try and have a handle on things um but pat bev is that like old school gritty type of player that i think he's just so hard to hate especially if you're not your team isn't playing against him just because he plays with so much heart and he actually plays defense nowadays it's really hard to find um it's interesting that he was guarding kd even though there's like a almost a foot difference that just shows how good of a defender pat bev really is and how big of a competitor he is that he wants that challenge but after after that steph curry 38 points do you think he will maintain that kevin durant assignment or would you think he would go over to go over to steph uh for the sake of the series i hope he switches over to steph (laughs) yeah i I mean and even for like looking down the road, probably matching up against Steph would be beneficial because it'll make Steph have to work more. And we know Steph's a little brittle. I'm not wishing injury on anyone. I'd never do that, but it'll just make Steph have to work more. Exactly. I agree. And yeah, this game, this game to me showed that the Warriors have no bench. They just no bench don't. At all. They re, They if you this is a team that relies on their big five, which that can really be beneficial whenever you have one of the best starting five in the league. And Steph can score you 38, and Kevin Durant can still score you 23. But whenever your bench is barely scoring more than six points, like besides once you hit Andre Iguodala at the six-man spot, everyone beneath him scores either six points or less. I think the total bench points overall was six, nine, 12, 14. 14 bench points besides Andre Iguodala. Mm-hmm. That's well, their bench is pretty much big men you think after there's Iggy Sean Livingston and then Jordan Bell and Quinn Cook yeah okay Quinn Cook will relieve Curry from time to time but 
Damon Jones, I think his the center or Damian Jones, whatever his name is. Then you have Kavon Looney coming into play. So, but K- Cousins got fouled out early, and I think that was a really good strategy that could work out for teams in in the future if they get Cousins a foul out because Cousins did not was not performing at all. No, if you foul out Cousins and force them to go with a small ball whenever you have a guy like Montreal Harris at your big man position, then you can bully them inside. And it also just shows that they have no bench. They have no one behind those five. And yeah, one, and eventually Steph is not going to have a good night. He's known for playoff games where he just doesn't have a good night. And you will not have anything behind you to help you out because Draymond can't be a scorer. Clay could probably have show up and Kevin Durant could show up, but that's about it. I mean, yeah, but a, that that's about it. Those are, those yeah, are that's what I was gonna say. Those are, those are pretty good. That's about it. I mean, I get what you're saying, but <laughs> as like a as a Kings fan who's watched a lot of Demarcus Cousins, that's definitely his Achilles heel is getting overly emotional and getting ejected or getting into foul trouble very quickly. So yeah, that would be a good key for them to focus on. But I also think that Steve Kerr is pretty cognizant of that and i don't think he's gonna let that happen very easily what's surprising though steph got four fouls so you can possibly get steph in foul trouble if you really if you really start hitting at him too yeah i think yeah that's a possibility uh that would be great i mean like i said i think everybody that's not from san francisco is rooting against the warriors for the most part (laughs) i don't see how you couldn't be yeah they're they're just the worst (laughs) But the thing I've realized, though, if if the Warriors do come out of the West, I think the team I really want to win to go against them is the Bucks because that means I only have to watch Warrior fans for maybe three games. Because hmm. <laughs> Warrior fans are just so fucking hard to watch. I, yeah, I can't. Yeah, sta- I, I can't stand them. So, and I, th- I mean, I, th- I say the Bucks could give them a run for their money, but that's not what we're talking about here. So, yeah, not yet. All right, <laughs> we'll get there. All right, when we come back, we'll talk about some more playoff matches, matchups. I can't talk tonight. I give up. When we come back here (laughs) on the Royalty Podcast. I'm Ty Yeager, and I want to introduce you to the Rise Up Podcast community, a community for podcasters created by podcasters, dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts everywhere. Rise Up is not a network. There are no contracts and no control over your content. Just a vessel for you to spread the word of your work and connect with fellow podcasters to collaborate, create, and promote. And guess what? It doesn't cost you a single cent to join the community. Join the Rise Up podcast community today by visiting our website at bit.ly slash community and follow the community on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Again, that's bit.ly slash community. And at RU Pod Community on Twitter. Come and join the community of podcasts and rise up with us. Rise Up Podcast Community. That's exactly the shot. Goodness gracious! Derek White! Ah, that was too sweet, man. Mm. Welcome back to the Royalty Podcast. It's me, me gushing over my Spurs. <laughs> hey, that's fair, man. They look great. Yeah, I you, mean, with the 
out of all of us, you your team's the only one in the playoffs. So uh, damn, yeah. damn, I was gonna do, I was gonna trash like you both, and you fucking blew it. What do you mean? <laughs> I was gonna say, so guess whose team is in the playoffs, and guess whose two teams are not in the playoffs. Well, whose team's gonna get the first pick in the draft? Mine. Whose team's gonna get robbed oh. at the first pick? <laughs> guess whose team is in a huge toss-up right now, and I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> whose team? Who? Who has a team that they feel really good and because they're in the playoffs and they won and they already have a lead in the series? Me. That's fair, man. And honestly, Can't I mean, I've, I've said it a bunch of times, but the Nuggets are not as good as their record. So, and in so, the playoffs with such a young team, I think it definitely kind of showed. Yeah. So Spurs took took a game one out of nowhere in Denver, one to one to ninety six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Spurs going into the series, Spurs fans were worried without not having the home court advantage first off because we're a great home team, but we suck on the road. Spurs had one of the worst home. I think have one of the worst road records for one for any of the eight playoff te- for any of the eight playoff teams there are. Wait up, no, sixteen. What am I thinking? I'm a dumbass. <clears throat> but so, us Spurs fans were worried about going into the playoffs, especially not having that home court advantage. Saying if we if we don't win anything on the road, we're fucked. But Spurs showed up. It was a sloppy game, very poor shooting. But Spurs held up on defense, and they were able to steal steal a game in Denver, and that gives that gives them or going into the series, Denver had the advantage, just being the better skill team. But since the Spurs stole a home game, stole a away game in Denver, they got the advantage now. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, you guys, honestly, you say you're bad on the road, but you could have fooled me. You guys looked great last night. It, the shooting was very spotty. It was a very spotty shooting night. DeMar shot like 17 shots and only made like six. Like LaMarcus and DeMar, they were not shooting very well. DeMar, the one thing I did like, though, was DeMar was really trying to take charge. He was being very ball dominant. He wasn't making shots, but he was still making plays. He was grabbing rebounds, passing assists. The dude should be a better triple-double machine, and he's really improved his, improved his playmaking abilities this season. But the Spurs bench, Spurs defense, surprisingly, one, having won the lower-tier defenses in the league, they really forced the Nuggets to force a bad shot. And I think that's the only reason they were able to stay in that game. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, percentage-wise, you guys shot better than them in every category. So I don't know how you can say it's a bad shooting night when it was a horrible shooting night for them. Yeah, it was a, it was a horrible shooting night for them. But like, our three-point shooting was fine. I don't like the 44-83 on field goal percentage, but whenever you force the Nuggets to go 6-28 and on three-point shooting, that's always a good defensive night to, to me. Yeah, I would agree. And the the man of the night, the myth, the legend, Derek White. This dude was all over the place, and he is the rock to this team. If Whenever we didn't have him for the rodeo road trip, we were fucked. We went 1-7 on the rodeo road trip because we didn't have Derek White. And this dude shot 70% for 16 points. Dude had a killer-ass dunk that had him trending in five minutes. And then he had the, yeah. game, then he had the game-winning steal. Can I just say Derek White is maybe one of the ugliest players in the NBA? But whoa, right. whoa. Dude, hold up, hold so up. Fine. He's got like a Jimmy <laughs> Neutron forehead and he's just not, he's How, not a good-looking human. And that's all right, okay. Hold on, hold on. 
You're calling Derek White the one of the ugliest guys in basketball. Have you seen Nikolai Jokic? Well, That's yeah. Right. Okay, I. All right, I all, all, all right, what? All right, what? They're both not good-looking humans, and you don't have to be a good-looking person to play basketball. I was just stating that Derek White is one ugly dude. He's not ugly. It's dude. kind of funny because even my girlfriend was like, that dude's ugly as hell. Don't <laughs> <laughs> just trash on my boy, Derek White. <laughs> one thing that really irked me and. Both teams were free throw shooting. I mean, the Spurs shot 70% and the Nuggets shot like 68. Every time I looked over at someone shooting from the line, I don't think either team, I can't remember a time where either team made both free throws. And right. I just, there's clanking free throws, and it, it's supposed to be one of the easiest shots in basketball. They're free. But, you know, what do I know? Compa- I know compared to the that. 76ers, 42 at the line, both teams <laughs> yeah. only went to the line. Spurs only went to the line 20 times. Uh, Nuggets only went 24 times. And the Spurs are one of the better teams of not of not fouling their their opponents. They had one of the top opponent free throw percentage, which means their opponents were not going to the free throw line that much. So I thought that was – I think that's why Nuggets only went 24 times. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so the, Brock, or the Nuggets totally like kind of collapsed in my opinion. They kind of made a little bit of a resurgence in the fourth quarter, but I think that their inexperience definitely showed. I mean, they're a pretty young team. And when you look to a player like Paul Millsap for your veteran guidance, <laughs> it, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure, don't you think? Especially whenever Millsap, yeah. got, Millsap got buried by Derek White. Yeah, I knew when, that was coming, man. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that was coming. When, but, and when Paul Millsap won 60 games, was the first seed and got swept by LeBron. But we're not. That's not this topic. Um yeah, I think this is one of the worst matchups the Nuggets could have possibly drew in this first round. I think I thought from the jump the Spurs were going to win the series just because I don't I don't like betting against Popovich because it's never treated me well. So I'm I think the Spurs are going to win the series to be honest. Which was was weird because I was listening to like uh, other podcasts, especially like the the Ringer, where they all had picked the Denver in like six and seven. I was like, why are you picking Denver? Because that it's a playoff. Their playoff experience, and Mike Malone had one of the best quotes to me, which was, Pop has five rings, I just got a wedding ring. Mm-hmm. Which is, it sums up really the playoff experience compared compared for both teams. Pop, his playoff experience has more playoff games than many franchises. And uh, also, then add on all the different player experience of DeMar. He's been, he's been in the playoffs often. LaMarcus has gone deep before. Mm-hmm. The, Marco Bellinelli and Patty Mills have have a championship DNA in them. Mm-hmm. So it's then you're going up against a team that has very little that Will Barrett and Paul Millsap are your only two with playoff experience. Yeah, that's tough. And I think, uh, like I said, it's just the inexperience. And I think it's largely going to fall down to how they play in crunch time. Because I think it's safe to say that Jamal Murray kind of choked that game away for them. Oh, he did. 100. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for them to pull it out when he's missing relatively open jump shots for the win and then losing the ball in crunch time again. Yeah. So also um, that that Derek White matchup against him because Derek White's one of the better defenders in the league when it comes to a guards position. Mm-hmm. Jamal Murray needs to know that he he's going to be he's going to start dishing the ball out that there's going to be a lot more passing involved in that offense. Well. And- most of their assists come from Jokic. I mean, I think he Jokic averages more assists than their two starting guards combined. 
And I know neither both of them are combo guards, so they're not really point guards. But you know, you have to have some distribution from that from your guard spots. Um, my thought process was the only way Denver was going to win the series is if they got it over quickly. The longer the series goes, the less of a chance they have just because of the experience of the Spurs. I think both teams both teams made a detrimental mistake, to my in my opinion, where the Nuggets weren't going with Jokic in the paint and bullying Jakob Pertl and LaMarcus because they could have easily thrown Jokic at them and start getting the Spurs in foul trouble. And the Spurs did the same thing where they were not going at Jokic. Because Jokic is not the best defender, and he can be really uh, foul prone just because of how big he is. And mm-hmm. the Spurs, my dad was yelling this whole night. Why are they not going at Jokic? Why are they not going at Jokic? Because you have some small guys that can drive, and if you drive them, get some contact against Jokic, you can draw some fouls and put Jokic in some foul trouble. Right, getting him on switches in a pick and roll is really important, just because he's he doesn't move very well. No, he doesn't. I agree, and. I think it's also going to be important to the Nuggets that he actually scores. I mean, 10 points is not a lot from your all-star center. They're yeah. going to need more production out of him if they want to win this series. That's why I don't want to call I don't think he's a really good MVP choice because he only scored like 15 in the year or something like that. He had a very low average in points. Yeah, um, I don't think he's really that much. I don't think he's in the race anymore. <laughs> no, he can't be. I think it's kind of a two-horse race at this point. And I think we all know that. Even Paul George kind of fell out of it. Yeah, oh, Paul, yeah. his shoulder injury killed Paul George's shoulder injury killed him. I it's, was uh, so I was quite surprised that they didn't go to Jokic for that final possession. Honestly, I thought they. I just, agree. Yeah. What, they, they didn't have a ch- they didn't have a chance. It was we were Mac and I were doing our podcast earlier, and we talked we talked about that play in depth where because it was Derek White that got the steal, and the way that it happened because it looked like. You, uh, Jokic was trying to get a blindside screen on Derek. And you can see Derek, he's backpedaling, but he turns his head slightly to the left so he sees Jokic in his per- peripheral. And once he hits Jokic, he ended, he does like a dime step to the right and gar- takes the steal off of Murray. It was a really pretty play if you watch it in slow motion. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't think they really had much of a choice, but I think Jamal Murray was relatively open. I don't know how he didn't hit that. Oh, yeah, he was wide open. I He 100% should have hit that shot. Or even put more pressure on Aldridge and forced him into a foul situation or dumped it off to Jokic, who was rolling there. I I mean, I thought they went too quick, and I mean, they got the shot they wanted, and he just missed it. But that's I also, an experience. I also do think that they got kind of outcoached, honestly. Oh, yeah. Whenever you're going against Pop, you're always going to get out coached, most likely. <laughs> All right. So we, we, no, no bias there or anything. No bias. No. Right. All right. But you, Popovich is the most winningest coach in NBA history now. You can't say that if you're going up against Pop. You're No, no. I know. He's the greatest coach in NBA history, in my opinion. I don't know if he's the greatest basketball coach ever, but in the NBA, yeah, I don't think there's right, much that goes anymore. So <laughs> as we record this, not to date this or anything like this, but. I believe the Rockets are on a run. They just got to a 20-point lead against the Jazz. Sheesh. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, It's. I was watching that game earlier. So we'll come back to that. Yeah. So the, yeah. the next game, because we spent 12 minutes on Spurs Nuggets, I think that's the most time that any podcast has spent on that on that matchup so far. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> next game we talked about is the defensive matchup, defensive game, which was the Celtics-Pacers. Celtics taking 84-74. to 74. 
This was a boring game just because it was very defensive, was, very so low. Snooze fest that was this game. Yeah, this was super boring. I actually fell asleep during it. I, <laughs> I didn't really watch it because I was doing homework and shit. But this was the Pacers only scored eight points in the third quarter. I was gonna say it's hard to win a game when you put up eight points in the third quarter. I don't, and I mean, I don't think that the Celtics are like this Eastern Conference powerhouse that they're kind of made out to be. I don't know if anybody really thinks that anymore, but in the beginning. In the middle, around the All-Star break, I'd even say that people were like, okay, the Celtics are going to be one of the teams to watch in the East. I don't know if that's the case, honestly. Nope. I, I can't see them beating the Bucks, even the Raptors. If they get Maybe their, even, not even the 76ers in a series. If they get their shit together, I think they can. Uh, but are they going to is the question. Hey, if they're, we, if, if they're doing defensive, ma- defensive games like this and holding teams to eight points, then... There's a possible chance. Yes, well, it's a yes, it's a Victor Oladipo list Pacers yeah. team, but still, this is one of the hotter teams in the East. Yeah, as I say, the playoffs come down to having stars and people being able to put the ball in the bucket. And the, even with Oladipo, the Pacers lack that. I, I'm not gonna praise the Celtics defense for this game, honestly. But uh, yeah, I don't. I haven't bought into the Celtics. Since even before the All Star break, I think with Kyrie there, I I don't think they're gonna. I just don't think they have a chance to win the championship because he just doesn't fit Brad Stevens' style, and they just need a change change of. I don't want to say change of scenery, but like they just need to mix things up. Yeah, I do think that they're gonna take this series, um, but I mean, maybe not. It'd be cool, but. I do see them winning this series. I don't see them going much further than this series. Who do they have if they win? Uh, let me see. Um, they're the. F- I believe it'd be either seventy uh, sixers or Nets. I believe. Okay. Yeah, that would either of those would be a great series in my opinion. Um, wait, yeah, wait. I don't see the. the I thought like, they'd have the Bucks because like one, the one plays the lowest seed. So wait, we're assuming the top. Four seeds win, right or no? I don't. I think but it's I, things different because even if the Spurs win against their matchup, they they'll be either playing Oklahoma City or Portland. Okay, uh, but yes, they they most likely will. The winner of this series will play the Bucks. Right. Okay. Yeah. See, there's no chance the Celtics are beating the Bucks in a series. Nope. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. I. I mean, like I said, I don't have much to say about this game besides you can't score Same. three points or eight points in a quarter. Yeah. yeah that's- and you, you like you guys said, you kind of need a solidified All Star. I do think that this would be a very good series if they had Victor Oladipo, given how Victor Oladipo was playing up until his injury. So, yeah, I don't. I, yeah, this one is just this one's kind of done for me. I I don't see the Pacers winning. There's a series I want to spend more time on because I I'm kind of more invested with it. So I'm going to skip it. And the series, the game I'm going to talk about is the 121 to 86 blowout by the Bucks. Sheesh. Yeah, that was a massacre. Absolute massacre. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because I think this game was more entertaining than the Pacers-Celtics game. <laughs> and this was a complete blowout just because you got to see Giannis kind of flex his muscles a little bit, you know, and and just the Bucks in general kind of flex their muscles and let people know that also the Pistons should not be in the playoffs. I think that the Heat would have given up a much better fight than this. Oh, 100%. Agreed. So it was interesting. I can it, it kind of shows that how top heavy the East is. Mm-hmm. That I mean, 
Yeah, the Bucks are the real deal, man. I think I'm switching my pick to them to come out of the East. <laughs> what I've been trying to tell people since about the All-Star break, I'm just saying. Because they have there. some pretty good depth, too. Yeah, they're like nine or ten guys deep, and they're top three in offense and defense. I mean, they're they're the real deal, man. I'm, you know, I'm just gonna let people keep sleeping on them until I'm right. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think that I mean, yeah, I don't know. To be fair, the Pistons didn't have Blake Griffin, but do you think he would have made that much of a difference? I mean, it would have been like an 18-point game instead of, what was it, a 43? 43? They led by 43 at one point. Okay. Yeah, I think that Blake Griffin would have made it maybe a 20-point blowout. I agree. Mm -hmm. But I still don't think that the Pistons have much of a chance. Zero. Absolutely none. (laughs) I mean, it'd be pretty wild. (laughs) Yeah, that would be Blake something. I, came back I'd feel real terrible after, after that spiel I just went on. I'd feel real terrible if the Pistons somehow came back and won the series. But <laughs> I'd probably have to stop talking basketball for the rest of my life. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I mean, does this help Giannis' case for MVP? Oh, it does, definitely. But it's a regular, it's a regular season award. But still, but still, it shows how it shows how big Giannis is for that team, though. But he, I mean, he what, he scored 22 points in 21 minutes or something like that? So it's not like he, he played less than half the game and they still won by 40-something or 30-something points. It's, they're, they're no slouch of a supporting cast around, uh, around Giannis. I'm no. not trying to discredit so Giannis, but how are, it's a Giannis, 24 points, 17 rebounds. Yeah, that's, that's very impressive in the limited time that he played. He's, he's on another level, man. I I don't know what planet he came from, but I'm glad I get to watch him. Do you think that he is the best player in the NBA now, or is that James Harden? J- James Harden gets to me with the uh, with the fouls he gets. Yes, James Harden is still great. He will still make shots. For instance, that shot against the Warriors where he's guarded by two guys and still drains it. But I feel like he gets he gets too many of his points coming off of easy fouls. I mean, that's I don't, fair. I'm not gonna fault James Harden for that. I mean, like, I'm not going to fault him, but you, but he gets so many of his points. I don't like half his a good quarter of his points come off of free throws. But yeah, like, but he's getting the line. That's part of that's part of what I like about him. He's kind of like a are you calling? Oh, you call me a, get his beard getting hit a foul? Really? That's like hey, saying man, that's you know the, the answers there. to a test, and then you choose not to use the answers, and then you just right. get. And then you fail the test. I'm not saying I'm not saying that he's bad or not or anything like that. He's still he has earned his spot and being a one of the top guys in this league. However, I think Giannis does all around more. On the defensive end and on the glass, yes, obviously. But he's also but I think seven feet tall. Yeah, he's also James Harden is kind of revolutionizing offense right now. Like he's putting up an offense that. that we've never really seen. In mm-hmm. terms of production and in terms of getting to the line, but anyway, we'll talk about that more in a minute. What I like about this Bucks team is that they're kind of giving a life back to these older players. Mm-hmm. Like they're giving like Brooke Lopez and Eric Bledsoe kind of a place to to thrive and to possibly go win a championship. I mean, they're both having career years, in my opinion. Don't forget about George Hill or Pat Cunnington either. Mm-hmm. Good but- old George Hill. 
Also, they have Nickel. This is a really stacked Bucks team because if you look at their lineup, they got Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Sterling Brown, Eric Bledsoe, Pat Cunnington, George Hill, Ilyasova. I forgot that Miritich was on that team. Yeah. Yeah. And Brogdon. And Brogdon's hurt. Yeah. (laughs) This team is crazy deep. You know what? I'm going to stop saying I'm trying to tell people. Like I said, I'm, I'm going to stop. I, if I, people haven't bought in by now, I don't know what will what'll do it. All right. So when we come back, we'll talk about the remaining games, and then we'll take trash or truth right here on the Rosie Podcast. All right, and we're back to the Royalty Podcast. We got two more games to talk about, and then we're going to wrap it up with Trash or Truth Playoff Edition. So to start off, this is a game that we skipped earlier because I have a lot to talk about this game. It's the Portland Trailblazers going against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Blazers pull it off 104-99. to This was a sloppy game. for Oklahoma City had a very sloppy game, but... Portland was just not allowing themselves to pull ahead as a result. And I'm pretty sure that Paul George's injury is worse than we thought because it's he's not, he hasn't been playing well at all for like the past month. Yeah, I would agree. Um, just I watched some highlights from that game. I wasn't able to actually watch it. And uh, he kind of heated up near the end of the game, it felt like, but he wasn't really there the whole game, in my opinion. Yeah, it's... I mean, it's kind of sad because Paul George is one of my favorite players in the league, and to see him tail off towards the end of the season, it just, I don't know if it's just conditioning or something like that, or he's just not completely healthy, which I don't think he is. I don't think any of us think he's maybe even close to being healthy, but he's he's trying to fight for his team, and I respect that. Yeah, I give it to him that he's fighting for it, but he's not showing up. He, we, we saw that he was on a... MVP performance season, and then at the Kurt, at kind of the end of it, it was dying off. And now at this playoff, he shot thirty three percent. He did score twenty six, but still, when you're shooting four for fifteen on three point attempts, that's not helping your team at all. No, well, I mean, the Thunder are just a god awful shooting team anyway. So I, I don't expect them to make jump shots really ever. Fifteen. <laughs> yeah, I mean. 15, yeah, I was gonna say they shot five for thirty-three from three. That's pretty rough. Fifteen percent, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the Trailblazers are kind of a good all-around team. Like they can attack the basket, but they can also shoot pretty well. This Trailblazers team is like a really. If you're looking for a team that has a good bench depth, this is one of those teams. This is a team that they can score anywhere. Even if they're down a one of their key players in Nurkic. They still have guys that will show up, a.k.a. Ennis Cantor, with 20 points and 18 rebounds. Yeah, he, he balled out. And he had, a, he had a fun comment at the end of the game saying that, I used to be on the worst team and they weren't even playing because they thought I was too old, even though he's like 26. And then suddenly right. he's playing big playoff minutes and it has a great playoff performance. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. As you guys know, the Knicks are my East Coast team, and I like to think it's because we knew that we wanted to tank, and if we put him in, he was going to ball out. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep telling myself that. <laughs> it's not our front office's fault. 
<laughs> yeah, okay. But, um, I'm actually I was surprised by the outcome of this game. Um, I I do like the the Trailblazers. I always have. I since the Brandon Roy days, he was a dog. Um, I I don't know why I like the Blazers. I just do. I feel like a lot of people do. They're just a they're easy to like. I think. Um, but I don't know if they've turned the corner yet. I still don't take them super serious in the playoffs just because I haven't seen it yet. We've seen them like last year getting swept by the Pelicans and just way too many easy exits in the playoffs. It's can your two best players be small guards and you have success? That's remained to be seen. But I I mean, I hope they can get it done. I, I'd like to see that. They have one of the better routes because as much as I say the Spurs have a good route, possibly get into the Western Conference Finals. The Portland has the same that same route that, that they go through. They were going through a banged up Oklahoma City team that they can possibly easy, easily get through just because of their bench play. Then the next team, it's either going to be the Spurs or the Nuggets. Nuggets are an inexperienced team, and Spurs, they're not... Spurs aren't a perfect team in themselves. Although I think the matchup, if it was a Spurs-Portland second round matchup, that would be a fun... This is going to be a fun series to watch. I agree, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, this Trailblazers team is pretty legit. Uh, I mean, they're the closest team to me, so it's hard not to be a little partial. Uh, Yeah, like you said, they just have really good depth. And between CJ, Dame, and apparently Ennis Cantor, they they have multiple scoring options. And the Thunder fell off so hard at the end of the season. Uh, It'll be interesting. I think that the Thunder can really only go as far as Paul George can take them. And I think it's going to be largely on Paul George's shoulders to carry them through. I mean, Russell Westbrook's going to show up and get his triple-double, yeah. But when the Thunder were playing really well, Paul George was playing insane. So I think it's going to largely be on him. Yeah, I, well, that's he was their kind of driving force when, I mean, when they were like the two or three seed, he, and he was in the MVP race. He was playing lights out. Russ was just kind of distributing and, kind of letting the game come to him, but Paul George got hurt. Then Russ had to go into Russ mode, and we all know how that goes. I think when they shoot, when he shoots over 20 shots, they're well under 500. And, I mean, rightfully so. He shoots like 6 of 25 sometimes from the field. It's just – it's not a good thing. But um, a guy on the Blazers that I'm happy to see him kind of thriving is Rodney Hood, former Cavalier. Um, I think he just doesn't have a lot of – pressure on him or the expectations weren't as high for him coming into Portland and he can just kind of do what he does best and just get buckets I mean and he doesn't have the cloud of LeBron around him so I'm happy to see him doing well so far even though it's only one game through into the playoffs I hope he continues to find success and then if you also if you look at this Portland depth just saying that they had some pretty good scores with Dame CJ and Ennis they still got Alfu Camino they got Seth Curry Rodney Hood. This is still a good, really good team. Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless, Zach Collins, like Maurice Hart. Yeah, like you said, Harkless, Evan Turner. Like whenever I see these names, I still see guys that can really perform. They're not the most consistent performance, but they still play a really good role. Yeah, I think this is going to be a tough series for the Thunder. And I mean, the Thunder have had a tough time in the playoffs the past couple seasons, and I don't think that's going to end this year. I like Portland for this series. Yeah, I, I think Charles Barkley has Portland going to the finals too. Which, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, they, I don't know about all that. If they still, if like, they, if they still had Nurk, I would say that. I would I give do, him. I don't even know that, but 
I'd I give like him the, a shot I'd at the, going to the Western Conference Finals, but I don't know about the finals. Yeah, I'd give him a shot at the at the Western Conference Finals if they had Nurk because wait, who do they play in the next round? The Nuggets or the Spurs, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think they could if they were fully healthy, they could beat either of those teams. I'm not saying they would, but they could. Um <laughs> and, You gotta cover your bases with Ty here, you know. Right, yeah. I was trying to not to be super uh To be honest, to be honest. Portland's yeah. like what my second favorite team in the league. So, okay, that's fair. So I'm like, I'm really cheering for a Spurs Portland matchup because I know even if the Spurs lose, I still have Portland to cheer on because I will cheer on Portland if they're not as long as they're not playing the Spurs. When how Dame's shooting range is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I know Steph's is crazy, but Dame is pretty damn close. Like, I agree. The, do you, do you, the moment he's six seven feet behind the line, he just nails him with confidence off the dribble it's crazy you know the moment that i fell in love with dame and the portland was was that the houston game the houston game where he makes that mm-hmm. game winner yep that's mm-hmm. what that's what won me over i think that's what kind of brought him to the spotlight on the national level a lot in a way i feel like how do you how can anyone hate on dame like just the loyalty factor that you never see anymore and he's just a Good ass player, and he's a good dude. So I mean, you could hate on his album. <laughs> yeah, that was trash. I wanted to like it, but he's right. <laughs> I I wanted to like it so bad, just because I I really like Dame, but I like yeah. him on the court, so that's really all that matters. It's true. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said, the series is kind of going to fall to Paul George. I think that the Thunder are kind of Paul George's team now. He's taken over from Russell Westbrook in a weird way. Um. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It, it, I do have the Trailblazers, though. Yeah, I'm taking Trail. I'm taking the Blazers. All right, the next game, which just ended as we record this, the Rockets route the route the Jazz 122 to 90, and kind of a blowout game going near the end. It was a decent game in the first half. Then Rockets started pulling away after that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think this game didn't really surprise anyone. Did anybody really think that the Jazz were going to win? I thought the Jazz would at least put up a better fight. Yeah, I, I thought it'd be a close first game, but clearly the Jazz proved me wrong, and I'm going to take Houston for the for the rest of the series. They sh- um, one thing I did notice is that James Harden was not getting as many fouls as he should be. I, think I that- say that unironically too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he only went geez, the Rockets as a whole shot twelve free throws. Yeah, I was just looking at that. They made eleven now, so they shot really well, but only going to the line twelve times. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. They're, they shot probably 40-something threes. I didn't even watch the game, but based upon the first half, I could tell they, they're they going to be in that 40 to 50 range. 41. You were pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> you were actually pretty spot on. They mm-hmm. 95 field goals for the Rockets. That's crazy. I mean, they just – lot. They're not afraid to shoot the ball, which is kind of – couldn't be their downfall, but it's the way they play. Yeah, I think that we will see them possibly in the Western Conference Finals. Hopefully, maybe the finals. Uh, I could see them dethroning the Warriors. I see that too. They just have a, they have a better bench depth than the Warriors. And I think that will t- that'll play a key advantage. Plus, we've seen Harden shoot all over them before too. Right? Yeah, I agree, and I think uh, yeah, I agree that it's going to be their depth. But if they can stay healthy the whole <laughs> the whole series, then I think that yeah, 
they have a good shot at coming out of the West. I think they have the best shot of all the teams in the West to come out of the West. Let's be honest, because they should have won that they should have won the Western Conference Finals last year if Chris Paul didn't go down in game six. Right. They would have I think they would have won that series. I think what's in what's important is not having the ability to beat the Warriors, but having the belief you can beat the Warriors. And the Rockets definitely have that, especially after last year. And what they win three out of four against them this year, they definitely know they can beat the Warriors. And if health is the biggest, uh, going to be the biggest hurdle for them. Hopefully, they stay healthy and we get a great series out of it. But as a Spurs, as a Spurs fan, because I, I, I want the Rockets because I don't. Because if we do get to the Western Conference Finals, I'm not wanting to go against Golden State. Plus, I just don't want to see Golden State get the chance to go to the finals anyway. Right. But also, Pop has like a five and one playoff record against D'Antoni, so I'm a, I'll take that any any day. <laughs> that's fair. Spurs can make the finals. You never know. That's that's true. I think uh, I think the Spurs have a better chance of beating the. I think the Rockets are a better matchup for the Spurs than the Warriors. But this isn't a Spurs podcast. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I think. Uh. Again, I kind of like that they're giving older players kind of a home as well because i mean chris paul's getting up there i mean obviously he's an all-star but like eric gordon you know and then they kind of have uh, like kenneth freed also they're they're getting yeah. up there so they remind me of the bucks i do think that the bucks would probably beat the rockets if it were if they were to meet in the finals i'd agree yeah because the bucks were are one of the few teams that shut down harden right yeah, and we won't we won't call into question Giannis rocketing a ball into James Harden's face in the middle of the game. <laughs> I don't think that was super great for his shooting ability. <laughs> but well, we just won't talk about that. Might have been how, some dirty tactics. How would you? How do you guys think it would feel to take a Giannis fastball off the dome piece? And that thing was moving, dude. <laughs> that thing was a move. That was crazy. I don't know how he didn't just faint or like lose consciousness from that that was so fast and i give him a lot of credit he's got a hard-ass head apparently yeah that was that was wild uh i think that i mean watching the game like i said i do think that james harden kind of got robbed from some fouls do you guys think that could be because they kind of see the refs see how he's played all season and they're like okay we're not gonna let him get some of those cheapish fouls but there were some fouls that were definitely fouls that didn't get called tonight. Yeah, I think there's there's going to be a bias, a slight bias towards Harden in that regard. Unfairly or not, you can debate that. But um, the ticky-tack fouls generally do go away as the playoffs roll around and they let guys play more. And, you know, it gets more physical. That's why, um, you know, guards, guard-led teams tend to not go as far and succeed as often because they're they tend to be a little more fragile and not as tough around the edges that's fair yeah and if it let's just i mean we've talked only good things about the rockets what do you guys think the jazz's keys to winning this would be if they if they could they just need to shut uh, down harden that's the key, the biggest thing i think they need to shut down harden and donovan mitchell needs to go off he can't shooting going for 19 points is not going to help your team off of 38% shooting. And think, Joe Ingles. What about Joe Ingles? He had three points. <laughs> I don't I don't think the key is going to be shutting down Harden because I don't think you can really do that. I don't think they have the personnel to do that. No, I agree. Because Harden's going to get his. I think it's limiting the other guys, or at least contesting the other guys' shots, not giving them open shots, just making their lives harder. 
Like Clint Capella, I, be, I, I saw all sorts of like alley oops to Clint Capella. Rudy Go- Gobert needs to hold him down. Well, yeah, I mean Rudy Gobert had a pretty good game: twenty-two points, twelve rebounds. I think the the Jazz's hope would be not in shutting down Harden, but keeping up offensively with this super high-powered offense. Yeah, that's it's going to be their struggle. Um, but I think the the Rockets play a style that's really hard for a team, well, anyone to really defend, but a team like the Jazz, where they have such a high screen and roll, and they put Rudy Gobert just on an island and make him choose, and it just, it's it's tough. I don't know how they're going to stop it. I don't know really how anybody can stop their offense. It's You just got to hope they miss shots, and you, we all know they can do that. All right, so it's now to wrap up the show and move on to Truth or Trash. Uh... Do I have a song for this? Uh, Playoff edition. Playoff, Playoff edition. Also, just wanted to give a shout out to Paul Pierce because that's where the nickname Truth comes from. I know that he's been in headlines. <laughs> for, and I think yeah. he kind of brought that upon himself. But people are yeah, he, disrespecting He definitely Paul deserves Pierce, it. And Pierce. I won't stand for it. Paul Pierce is a good player. People forget he was a bucket. Did he's he have his good better than Dwayne Wade, Wade? No, he's not. He's not. But he's still a future Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Well, I mean, the NBA Hall of Fame isn't hard to get into. <laughs> wow. I don't know, man. Wow. I don't know Paul Pierce slander that's going on right now. I think he's making some weird statements. But anyway, just wanted yeah. to recognize where the truth part of this comes from. He invented that nickname. All right. And hey. the trash part was most of his career. Oh. <laughs> we don't talk about you know well, like, his, okay his days. post-playing career that's where the trash comes from okay that's fair all right i got some music for this let's go okay all right uh i'll go first my my first one is reggie jackson uh he's averaged 12 points per game in the playoffs uh Four rebounds per game, three assists per game, and they are paying him eighty million for five years. Wow, bargain. yeah, absolute <laughs> bargain for a player really? who's point guard who's better than Russell Westbrook, apparently, according to Reggie. <laughs> All right, so what do you guys think? Truth or trash for Reggie Jackson? Go ahead, Ty. Uh, trash. <laughs> I agree. Um, you know, I I, I kind of like Reggie Jackson just because he said that, but like. He had the confidence to say he's better than Russell Westbrook. Um, but I'm going to go trash. Those numbers are not not anything to gleam about. And what, he's probably played in like four playoff games? I believe something about that. Uh, <laughs> and his regular season numbers aren't super far off. I will say that he's, he was healthy this year. This year played all 82 games. I give him that. For a career that looks like he's been injury prone for the previous well, for eighty million over five years, he better damn well be playing all those games, dude. Right. <laughs> That's he's severely <laughs> overpaid, in my opinion. He's still trash. He's, he's like one of the biggest epitome of average point guards in the NBA. I would agree. Yeah. All right, James. What what do you got? All right. So um, this I don't know. If, well, these two may be controversial. I'm not really sure. I'm gonna go first one with C.J. McCollum. Um. I'm just going to say this now, truth. For the playoffs, he's averaging 16.8 points a game on 43% from the field, 39% from three, um, 82% from the line, under 
two assists a game, three rebounds a game. Truth or trash? Truth. Truth. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna say truth. That's not too much of a question for me. I like CJ McCollum. That's and even like leading up to that, or that was just average in total. But the last three playoffs, he's put up over 20 points a game. So I'd say truth. I think Dame has been the one who's kind of disappeared a little bit in the playoffs, but not what we're we're not discussing uh, Dame truth or trash. But all right, the guy I got is. DJ Augustine, who made the game-winning shot, had 25 points against Toronto, was a team leader, hit that dagger. The dude, for this season, because he's not been in the play, he's leaving, he's 31, he scored 11.7 points per game with shooting an efficient field goal percentage of 566. Going to his playoff stats, so far... He had 30 minutes this game, um, 25 points, like I said. Shot shot an efficient field goal percentage at 846. Sheesh. And that was just in that was just last game, too. So Right. And I'm trying to look at find trying to find his salary. Can't find it. Um, it's gotta be really low, right? Like a minimum or something like that. He's, yeah, he's currently getting paid seven point seven point two two five million. Oh. That's not too bad. Yeah. Um, I'll go first on this. Um, he is about as close to the line between truth and trash as we <laughs> had on this show, in my opinion. <laughs> it's hard to come out and call him trash after the game he just had. But it's you said he's 31? He's, yep. He is 31. He's also, right now, I believe in... For his career NBA, he has like the 36 best free th- best free throwing free throw percentage. In the I mean, it took of all him, time. I'm gonna say truth, but I'm also gonna say it it took him long enough to become truth. Damn. And uh-huh. I'm gonna say truth also for the fact that he's a pretty good steal for the price they're paying him. Um, I'm not gonna let this recency bias cloud my headspace. I'm gonna say trash. I mean. He's he's a he's a backup point guard playing a starting point guard spot for a team who doesn't have a point guard. I mean, I'm not going to overreact to it. We can, you know, joke about it how trash Kyle Lowry is and how he uh he got his lunch handed to him, but I'm going to go trash just because not I'm going to go trash because of his body of work. And this is his first playoff appearance in almost 5 years. Yeah, damn. Last time was the thir- the fourteen season with Char- with uh, Chicago. Yeah. Huh. All right. Um, Ty, what do you think on him? Truth or trash? I say truth, just because he's been balling out lately. He's been more. He's been playing. He's found his. He's found his role. Yeah, and defensively, I mean, clearly he must play pretty well, considering he held Kyle Lowry to zero. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys see the clip of uh, Kevin Hart blocking Kyle Lowry in a one-on-one at Team USA practice? Yeah, I did. That's yeah. so funny. That's how you know you're trash when Kevin Hart blocks your shot and you're a foot taller than him. And an NBA player. Exactly. It blows uh, my mind. Kevin Hart's a comedian. Right. <laughs> um, a five-foot-three right. comedian. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my my next one is Al Horford. Uh, he's averaging 13 points per game in the playoffs, 
eight rebounds per game, 3.4 assists. Uh, but here's the turning point for me. They're paying him $113 million for four years. Truth or trash? Um, you know, he, Al Horford has fallen off a cliff a little bit. He has become more of a shell of himself. Recently, I'll say trash. Yeah, I'm just going to go trash. I don't like Al Horford. He has the stiffest back in the NBA. He moves <laughs> like an old man. And I think I've said this on the show before, but my uh, my fan duel name is Al Horford Smells. So that's how I feel about him. <laughs> I'm going to say truth because he, even though he's in a lower diminished role than he has in previous in his career, he knows how... He knows his role, and he plays his role well. That's fair. All right, yeah, I'm going to say trash. He's way overpaid, in my opinion. Well, yeah. I think with how the salary cap is and everything, I think a lot of – so many players are overpaid. I wish I wish I was an NBA player so I can get overpaid. Talked about it. Right. Trash. Get that Pogus all money. <laughs> right. Um – so this is probably going to be a little more controversial than the last one. I'm going to go Ben Simmons, truth or trash, Ooh. playoff edition. In only 11 playoff games, he's averaging 15.6 points a game, seven assists, uh, nine rebounds, 66% from the free throw line. Um, What's his field goal percentage, though? 48% from the field and 0% from three. He's taken one three-pointer. Or, yeah, taken one <laughs> hey, three. he knows his strengths, all right? His game, I, I'm calling, tra- I'm saying trash just because he d- he doesn't have the repertoire and he doesn't, and his game is just w- so one-sided at times. Yeah, he can be a really good ball handler and he'd be a very good playmaker, but he gets exposed for his lack of shooting. That's fair. Yeah. I, I could agree with that. Um, I'm going to say truth. Uh, but I also am going to follow that up by saying that, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but people were calling him how he's going to be the next LeBron. Right. <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to live up to that, and I don't think he's ever going to be that good. And no, I, don't so I think his expectations were way too high. What's he being paid? Uh, well, he's still on his rookie deal, so it's got to be. Mean, it makes sense because, he, you know, he is a rookie. Yeah, <laughs> he might be rookie of the year again. He's a rookie. Um, I'm for strictly playoff purposes. I'm going to say trash until he gets a jump shot because he is such a detriment to them on the offensive end. He he clogs the lane and forces Embiid to play on the three point line and shoot threes, and that is not how they they're gonna win. So until he gets a jump shot, he's garbage. He's trash. Put him in the bin. <laughs> All right. All right. Ty? I'm split on this one. I have two options I want to go with, and they're more recent than anything. I'm choosing either between Derek White or Ennis Cantor. One yeah. of those two. I'm, I'm going to hold up on Derek White since he has this is his first career playoff game. I'm going to go with – I'm going to ask you guys about Ennis Cantor, though. Because Ennis – He's been this. He's been in the league for a while. He's been. He's had some playoff experience. He, but the problem is he wasn't really given the proper role in Oklahoma City whenever he was in the playoffs. But for this season so far, he's shooting. He's again thirteen points per game or thir- almost fourteen. 
He's shooting 560. He's shooting a effective field goal percentage of 556. He gets almost 10 rebounds a game. And for instance, in this last game, he he had 18. He's a really good. He's really good on the offensive side and on the rebounds. I know his defense does lack, but truth or trash? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna say tr- I've liked him. I liked him with the Knicks when he was able to play. Like you said, he was he was good, but he was misused at OKC. So yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say truth, and it's hard to say trash with how he played so far, um, game one. I'm gonna say truth as well, just because I think he's his positives outweigh the negatives, and I like the chippiness factor, the tough guy element he brings. I think that's really valuable in the playoffs, and I think that's something this Portland team has kind of been lacking. I think they've been kind of fragile, and with him, I know Nurkic is is gone now um, for these playoffs. I think he added that as well, but it's just an extra grittiness that they didn't have before that I think can really benefit them. So I'm going to say truth. And Portland's only paying him about 600000 since he was signed after the free agency after trade deadline, and he's going to be a free agent this season, too. This yeah, that's season. a steal for the playoffs to have him for that much. And he's only 26. I think everyone that's forgets that. Great. He's only 26. Right. That's fair. Yeah, I think he's got... Yeah, I think he's a great player. I'm going to say... I said truth. And I don't know if you guys remember, but he wanted smoke with LeBron at one point. He did. I remember that. <laughs> you know, it's... He, he's, he's fearless, man. I, I respect that. All right, so that... Ra- that wraps it up for the Royalty Podcast. But overall, what do you guys say? This playoff's going pretty well? Yeah, yeah. I think it's been super fun so far. Yeah. Yep. All right, so where, so where can they find you guys? Well, first, they can find Royalty Podcast at Royalty Podcast on Twitter. Where can they find us individually on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at AustinDebolt7 on Twitter, and then I also run the Royalty Podcast Twitter. So you can find me at my personal Twitter account at James underscore Lockery seven, or you can follow my podcast at underscore everything Cavaliers or every, the ad is at underscore everything Cavs. I wouldn't be expecting much from him because he's not in the playoffs. <laughs> oh, Tom. <laughs> hey, I don't uh, even... hey, is your team in the playoffs? Nope, but we have we're gonna get the number one pick, so that's all that matters. The what's, draft what, lottery. What's your per, what's your percentage of getting the first number one pick? The, the draft lottery is gonna be more exciting than the playoffs. Change my mind. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> we're going to that one. <laughs> you can find my Twitter at Ty Yeager Radio. That's Ty Yeager J A G G E R, just like the I call it radio. You can find my podcast Spurs Podcast, and we're active because we are in the playoffs at the Line Pod. Wow, stone shots, huh? <laughs> uh, don't forget to check out the Rise Up Podcast community on Twitter at RUPodCommunity or on their webpage at bit.ly slash community for all the amazing other podcasts on it. You guys have any last words? Go Cavs. Go Kings. <laughs> you guys are not in the playoffs. Hey, you know what? We're rebuilding. Go. Spurs <laughs> go. 1-0 series lead. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>